cool. Um, so hopefully this works well. Um, welcome back to the podcast. This is Caroline. This is Molly. Um, and we are recording over Zoom today, so hopefully this sound quality is good. Um, it shouldn't really be affected. Um, but yeah, we're just working through some technical difficulties right now. Gotta stay um, safe. Yeah, so we're finally recording the podcast. Um, I finished the book 10 minutes ago. Uh, Molly finished it, I think, a month ago? Yeah, is probably that right? over a month. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry about that. Um, actually, my mom told me to stop saying sorry on the podcast, which I don't think I do that much, but she said it was annoying. Um, so I'm not sorry, (laughs) but yeah, um, we came prepared today, very unheard of, uh, we did our research, um, but yeah, before we get into the book, uh, just some upcoming things we have planned, big plans for the podcast coming up, um, first of all, we're gonna be doing another, or maybe not first of all, but hopefully we'll be doing another favorites um episode where we just talk about our favorite books because frankly i regret everything i said in the last one i kind of just panicked under the pressure and i got home and i was like damn i didn't mention any of my favorite books um what was i on about uh so yeah we'll maybe do one of those and then our next book that we're going to be reading we're taking a chill pill um we're going to read something nice and easy it's called this time next year by molly do you know who it's by no idea okay uh well it will be in the description and we'll mention it at the end again hopefully we'll know the author's name by then um but yeah that's just a new year's eve romance so you know perfect for the holiday season very fun just what we need um right now we're kind of back in lockdown here in the north uh we have a 50% chance of running into someone with COVID at the moment, so <laughs> life is good. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for announcements. Molly, do you have anything to add? I don't think so. Just that, you know, books are keeping me sane right now and that's about it. So I'm very grateful that they exist. Yeah, I've been in quite a reading slump Um I feel like with the election, I just didn't want to read about more political chaos. Um, but yeah, once I actually, you know, got past that and forced myself to read the book, I really did like it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, we'll like kind of keep it non-spoilery for the first bit. Um, this book is kind of, there's not really spoilers, quote unquote, but we'll get into more detail after we like give a general gist of our thoughts. Um, and disclaimer before we get into that, I don't think Molly, either Molly or I are claiming to be politically or like, um, political experts about Palestine or Israel. Um, personally, I knew just about nothing about the whole situation, um, before I started reading this book. I did do quite a bit of research, um, because I was confused while reading, um, but you can only learn so much in one night, um. So yeah, we're definitely not, (laughs) we're probably going to say some things that are maybe not 100% correct. Um, So yeah. Anything to add, Molly? Um, No, just that I apologize if I offend anyone by my 
um, ignorance because <laughs> I am lucky to be ignorant about this conflict. Um, and I, I've tried to learn and this book taught me a lot and I hope that I continue to be curious about it and to figure out more because I feel like we owe it to everyone who's actually living in this to try to understand people's experiences. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's there, it's it. very complicated. Um, yeah. So general thoughts. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was very good. <laughs> um, I think it's a really unique format. Oh, let's just give an overview of what the book's about. So basically, if you don't know, we read a Paragon um, by Colm McCann. Uh, and it is about, it's a true story. Um, well, it's a creatively embellished true story. I don't know how to explain it. 100% correctly because it is a true story about Bassam and Rami, um, one of which is from Israel and one of which is from Palestine. Palestine. Um, and basically about their friendship coming together over the grief of their daughters. Um, and it's told in splitting perspectives and ideas um, from all over the world basically, and just like little snippets of life kind of pasted together into a scrapbook of a novel, but at the core is the story of Bassam and Rami and their two daughters. So yeah. If I were going to make a word cloud of this book, you know, like <laughs> early 2000s kind of-esque art um, yeah. with like cool Microsoft Word graphics, um, I think the biggest words would be like incredible and crazy and roller coaster. I don't know. This novel <laughs> is like nothing I've ever read before. And I was thinking about it. It was published um, 2019. So, I mean, it's fairly new. And I think actually 2020. So it's a very new book. And personally, I think that this is one of the most important new books to have been published in such a long time. I... It was amazing. I've never read anything like it, and I am so glad I did. Oh, this is a quote I found from a reviewer in The Guardian, I think. Um, but basically, he said uh, that he was thinking about all the ways a paragon could have failed, about the ammunition it might have provided to all those who claim that no one should write a novel that reaches beyond their own particular experience. It could have been maudlin toddy exploitative trite instead it's a masterpiece a novel that will change the world and you don't hear that very often so i think that sums it up pretty well um i also found some opinions that do not like the book so much from a palestinian uh point of view so yeah um but that's like i think generally the consensus on that the book was very successful in being respectful of both Palestine and Israel and just doing what it came here to do, which is tell the story of these two men. So yeah, if you're interested in researching more about um, like the real life work that Rami and Bassam do, uh, you can like look up combatants, combatants, combatants of peace. For peace. Um, 
and the parent circle. They're two real organizations um, and they have like an online website. I didn't realize that this was a true story until like uh, 150 pages in because like it says in the beginning um, like the dedication says readers familiar with the political situation in Israel and Palestine will notice that the driving forces in the heart of this book Bassam Aram and Rami Elahan are real by real I mean that their stories and those of their daughters Abir and Smadar have been well documented in film and print and then he says this um Bassam and Rami have allowed me to shape and reshape their world, words and worlds. Despite these liberties, I hope to remain true to the actual realities of their shared experiences. We live our lives, suggested Rilke, in widening circles that reach out across the entire expanse. So I wasn't, like, I read that, but then I kind of took it metaphorically, even though he quite literally says their lives have been documented. But I was like, he just means, like, people like this um are living out there but no these are it's a very true story um you can research it yourself yeah so yeah it's incredible i i was coming into this book kind of i knew a lot about it because my mom had read it and she loved it and she um she talked a lot about it and she was really excited for me to read it and um side note i it took me a long time to read and i it was still on her library loan, so I apologize to the library that I borrowed this book from because I kept it for way too long. But it's back where it belongs in the hands of the public, so my conscience yes. is clean. <laughs> um, cool. I feel like that kind of sums up our general thoughts. But So if you haven't read the book yet, I, I implore you, pause this, or you know listen to our thoughts and then go read it. But maybe pause it so you can form your own intelligent opinions. And go read this incredible book because it will change your life and your point of view on a lot of things. Um, probably. Maybe it won't because you're super <laughs> informed about everything. Um, yeah. In which case, go Good for you. you. <laughs> cool. So yeah, into more specific thoughts about the book. Um, I have an extensive amount of notes. I... I, like, literally went into this knowing zilch, like, except for what we learned in history class, class, which is basically that this conflict exists and that is the end of it. Like, no, no background knowledge whatsoever. But then I got, like, halfway through. I'm like, I should probably know what I'm reading about because a lot of things are just going straight over my head. And that was a good decision. So, yeah. I, I kind of want to start talking about, at least in my opinion, what I feel like is the overarching theme of this book. There are so many underlying themes that it would just we cannot even begin to skim the surface of this novel in an acceptable length podcast. But I think that the overarching theme is just like, how do we define humanity? What makes us human? And how do other people like think of us as humans and it was so powerful so Caroline what are your thoughts on that what do you think do you disagree with me do you agree with me um yeah I mean yeah I would agree like what does it mean to like exist within society like exist with other people um 
there's a quote towards the end of the book that I'm going to butcher, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, and it says, it's a quote from some philosopher, and it says, uh, most, all of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit in a room alone. And so, yeah, I think that kind of cuts towards the theme of just like, Yeah, what you were saying, grappling with ourselves and our fears and what we've been told and how do we take that and then interact in with the world in a productive manner that like brings more beauty into the world and not more fear and hate. I one of the things yeah, I totally agree with you and I don't remember that quote, but that is extremely poignant. It's very um, vivid in my mind because I literally just finished the book, so... <laughs> well, lucky you. <laughs> Some of us finished a long time ago. No, it's okay. I am not mad about that. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that I thought was most powerful about this story was how he talks about every single person and aspect. And in just the way that the story is told... You don't really understand why you're learning about, you know, the amount of gallons in a swimming pool. But later on, it comes in and you're you're just like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius. But (laughs) but what I love is how he he explores this different stories of all of these people related um, to Bassam and to Rami and to their daughter and even the people who were responsible for their deaths. And I think that. At the end, we we learn that, um, like, they're not mad at the person who shot the gun at, I believe it was um, Abir. She was hit by a rubber bullet. And yeah. he talks about his feelings in this beautiful, like, rife monologue. And then, and then he forgives him. And... That just blows my mind. I mean, that is exceptional. And so it's, we're learning about like these people, this, this Israeli teenager who shot a rubber bullet and killed an eight-year-old. But also, this book explores how that person is human too. And that's amazing. Yeah, um, I think it goes back to like the title of the book, A Paragon, and Colum or McCann... Um uses a bunch of like underlying themes and stories to shape his book but he one thing that I thought was like really unique and interesting was that he uses mathematical um what uh theories yeah mathematical theories um to shape the book and I am still so confused on like I cannot wrap my head around what an a paragon is but basically it is a countably infinite shape which makes no sense, of course. But, like, what Molly was saying about, um, like, all these stories that are interweaving and then you, like, don't know how they're connected, um, he numbers each, like, section of writing. Um, and sometimes it's, like, really quick sections and sometimes it's long monologues, but each one is numbered and so it's, like, our reality that we're living in today can be appointed to this countably infinite number 
of people and actions and like historical events that all like weave together into like the reality that these people are living um so yeah I thought that was pretty a pretty powerful way and definitely very unique way to um like show this theme and also uh organize a book to speak to that I watched this interview with Colin McCarran and I didn't watch the whole thing. It was rather long, but I want to watch the whole thing. Um, and he was, he was saying that he chose the word a paragon to represent this novel because of like the infinite sides to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And beyond that, it, the infinite sides of everything in like life and how we are and what is forgivable and how you can love and it's amazing. I, I know I'm using that adjective way too much, but it is. Yeah, I think in many ways it's, this may be a stretch, but it's a revolutionary way to think about, like, conflict and just general, like, interactions between people because I think we tend to want to be on a one side or, like, choose one side to pick our battles, um, where if you, like, actually look at the whole picture, there's no one person to blame, there's no, there isn't really anything to blame, because it's a whole, it's an infinite number of sides, <laughs> as you, we just said, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it maybe feels revolutionary to us, but I feel like it's more of a a really old way to think about conflict. And I think in this new world, we're so polarized and everything is binary and that's not how things should be. And we, I, this is, it feels like a revolution because I don't think we're taught to think of things anymore, like from many different sides of issues. You're supposed to be on one side or the other. You're supposed to be a Democrat or a Republican. You, there's not room for being in between in almost anything and this book is such a good reminder that you it's your responsibility to understand things from different perspectives and to look at the countably infinite sides of an issue and it's harder but it's so much braver yeah I mean I when people say that now like more than ever we are so divided and it wasn't always like this to an extent is true like because of media we are like able to fit like um be sucked deeper into like our polarization but I think it's human nature like to want to choose a side because that is way easier to comprehend than an infinite like countably infinite like that you can't even wrap your head around that so to make things simpler for ourselves, I feel like we just automatically choose to simplify things, which, I mean, that makes sense. But. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this quote. is from page 125 that I wrote down while I was reading. Um, and it says, if you divide death by life, you will find a circle. And first of all, I, I don't think <laughs> I'm even able to like, begin to comprehend that. But also, it feels at the heart of this book is that everything's a circle. Like, we're talking about a countably infinite shape 
but death and life somehow they equate to being a circle. I don't know. I I just love that yeah. thought. Uh, yeah, and he repeats that quote a few times. And one thing I thought was interesting is that in a paragon, if you look at it from far away, it looks like a circle. But if you zoom in, it looks like a straight line. So really making the mind juices thing. <laughs> Um, oh my god never say the never say the words mind juices ever again that's not okay hey um (laughs) but yeah i took that to mean like wait is it you take if you divide divide it by life if you divide death by life you get a circle basically i took that to mean like someone dies you look at their life and then we all end up at the same spot we're all dead so it's like kind of this sounds so cheesy but like we are all the same at the end because we're all going to be dead um yeah and that connects again i i feel like to the overarching theme of what makes us human because there's so many ways that we're human and one seemingly unforgivable action doesn't necessarily define you or it doesn't have to i mean we can I feel like the the ability of humans to forgive each other is infinite and that is incredible. I think uh one thing I appreciate the, about the book is um Colum McCann. I never really felt like he was trying to like push his own opinions about like the situation. It felt more like he was reflecting Basam and Rami's own experiences um and just expressing that in like different words and like he never shies away from the horrors that these men have experienced or like the true tragedy of the situation it never comes across as like this is so simple we just need to like get along (laughs) like just figure it out guys just be peaceful like I felt the complexity and the almost impossibility of true peace in this novel, but by like showing almost the impossibility, it felt more possible, if that makes any sense, because it just like exposed it so like raw. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this book is raw. It's it's painful to read sometimes it's sometimes it's so joyful that like you just want to get up and dance and other times I felt like I was about to throw up and I had to put the book down stop reading um but in the interview that I watched with him he he talks about it and you mentioned that in the review that you read earlier but people were asking him, you know, why did you write this, McCann? You're a white Irish dude. Like, what could you possibly have to say about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict? And he, he talked about that, and he said, this isn't his exact quote, but the gist of what he was saying was he talked to his agent, and she was like, wow, that's a great idea. It sounds like you're really passionate about this book after he met uh, Rami and Bassam. And he was really afraid of it at first because... How do you write about something like that? You're told, write what you know. And I think in some ways that's so much easier, but also that's so confining because that's almost saying, 
Like, this is what you are able to write about, and it just feels like it keeps everything so stagnant. But yeah, it was I very... Mean, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, writing is a way to learn about the world and explore the world you're in. And if you only write, like, what you know, then you're not growing as a person. You're not, you're not bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. But it's really hard. I mean, he... It took him five years to write this book, and that almost seems like a short amount of time for the, the work that's in here. I mean, it's a masterpiece. I heard someone describe it as a symphony, and that really resonated with me, because it's not just one violin solo. It's the cello part, and the bass part, and the piano part, and everything working together, and it must have been so hard to write. Yeah, no, I mean, it is... I would say a great accomplishment that he's managed to write um, something so far out of his experience um, in an intelligent and like respectful way to both um, sides, Israel and Palestine, in a way that doesn't uh, like polarize anyone. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I I think about halfway through the book, I kind of expected to come out of it feeling like I knew in some way in my head what the solution would be and like how, like how I felt about the issue and where I stood. But this book in no way does it do that, nor should it. Because No, yeah. I think it's important that to like realize that this book is not... Like it's inherently political because of what he's writing about. Um, but in no way is he trying to force like a western solution onto the issue or like make a point about like what he thinks the solution would do and I was reading the com I is it combatant combatants combatants for peace combatants for peace um their like webpage and they say that their goal is to end the occupation uh and then have either a two-state solution or one state solution they basically say any solution that would resolve in peace and so yeah it's just very free of a political agenda which is important yeah and I mean this issue is so complex that it almost feels I mean there's it's almost impossible as an outsider or it should be impossible to like pick a side if you're going to use that kind of language because it's just so complex and like, we're not living in it. And mm-hmm. it's, it seems so easy to understand things from different people's perspectives and different sides of this issue. And McCann makes that possible for us. And that's, like, that's amazing. He's in, an incredible author. Yeah, while we're on this topic, haha, I have some... I read a few reviews from some Palestinians just to like I don't think I can be the judge of whether his book does a good job of like representing the conflict as someone who like learned about the conflict through the book and I mean I did research on it outside of the book but not an expert I haven't lived there I'll never really know like the day-to-day and like how people actually feel which is why I got some perspectives. Um, 
So one of them is really positive and one of them is really negative. Um, but one of them, and I'll link all the like um, materials. articles, yeah, materials we're talking about below if you want to research it yourself. But this one is from Susan Abulhawas. Hawas? I'm so sorry. Um, and she is not the biggest fan of a paragon. Um, to summarize her opinions, she feels that he humanizes Israel too much um, and equivalates uh, the pain Israel has felt to the pain Palestine has felt, which she feels is harmful because um, she believes that Palestine has felt much greater suffering at the hands of this conflict. Um, and so, a quote from hers. Uh, yeah, this is basically what I'm talking about. Alas, we are fed the discourse of two sides, as if the destruction of a defenseless indigenous society is a matter of two equal parties who simply do not understand each other, but who just need a little nudging, some dialogue maybe, to love each other. And voila, kumbaya, my lord. Something else she says is the writer does not try to gloss over the horrors inflicted on native bodies. In fact, he presents a true face of colonial gore and trauma. But here's the trick. He presents the violence of a local native rebellion equally and describes the insecurity and fear that white settlers must tragically endure as a result of indigenous resistance to their settlement. It becomes just a big misunderstanding, a problem to be solved by dialogue, empathy, and the simple understanding that as McCain, McCann quotes his Palestinian protagonist's empathy, they have families too. Um, and then Ra... Raja, Raha, Seda, um, responded to this, um, he's also Palestinian, and he had a more positive view of a paragon. He says, we cannot, as Palestinians, take umbrage at anyone trying to betray Israeli, Israelis and Palestinians as human. Um, she seems to do that. We can, we can and do take off offense at reducing the conflict to a misunderstanding or at calls for dialogue as a solution of the conflict. This novel does neither. Yeah. Oh, and then he also says, but the answer should, basically he's talking about how um, she's right that Palestine has felt a horrendous amount of oppression um, but the answer should not be that we, Palestinians, in turn, refuse to admit the existence of Israelis or their humanity. Otherwise, we would be calling for an all-out perpetual war that is more bloody than, we've, than any we've witnessed. So yeah, that was a lot of me just reading quotes. Any thoughts on that? Um, I thought they both bring up interesting points. Yeah, like you said before, it's... I think you're right. It it's would be wrong for us living, you know, in well-off families in the United States of America to try to like judge this book. Um like from my perspective, I felt like it was balanced, but you know, I'm not I don't live in Palestine, so Yeah, one thing I can say, um she speaks about how she feels the book is just another way for the Western world to basically um, simplify the issue and 
um, justify Israel's actions, but as a reader, that's never the it's never the feeling I got. So, I mean, just as someone who hadn't really had much knowledge, I had no prior biases um, about the conflict, and I would say I came out, if anything, um, like for ending the occupation um and i mean looking for peace um but yeah i just thought that was interesting yeah i i feel like that's a really good place to wrap this up um this was a really fun discussion i've been looking forward to discussing this book for a long time and this is something that i i want to be an evangelist for this novel like i want to shove it into people's hands and be like have you heard of this you should read it oh my god a paragon you've never heard of it well here let me give you my copy of the book i i just think it's really important book and it it feels like a modern classic i i want to be the one to call that and i'm sure i'm not the only one but i feel like this is you know equivocal with some like, classics that we still read today that were published hundreds of years ago. And I hope that this book can endure because it's so poignant and it just explores, you know, not only a conflict and the history of that conflict, but it's, it's about people and it's about people everywhere, not just people living in Israel and Palestine. And yeah, it's beautiful and I can't wait to reread it. Any final thoughts, Caroline? Well, I have a final quote. No idea where I got this. Um, probably from a review somewhere. But it says, In an age of certainty, the novel is the home of doubt, of ambiguity, of multiple truths. And, yeah. <laughs> Damn. The novel is the home of doubt. But it's different. It really All do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, thank you wait. for... Oh, go ahead. I'm going to look up the author for the next book we're reading. Oh, it is Sophie Cousins. Cousins? Cousins. Um, but yeah, oh, before we leave, my mom will be mad at me if I don't say this. Buy the book from Honest Dog Books. Get yourself a gift for Christmas. Buy someone else a gift for Christmas. Um, your dad, who's really into history... Get him a paragon. You know? <laughs> support Honest Dog. Support your local bookstore because Amazon sucks. Yeah, honestly. Fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and that's so. where we will be ending today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Um, we're happy to uh, pour out another podcast for our extremely high number of devoted fans. Oh, um, yeah. So we love you guys. Our next one will be out before Christmas um, for sure. And it will just be a fun read. Um, you know, we can come down a little bit from, like, extreme, you know, thought-provokingness and just read a fun romance novel. So Yeah, that's all, right. all I can process at this moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's what we all need, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, peace out. Um, happy reading, everyone. And we'll catch you guys next time.